If you're watching this channel, it's because you don't enjoy watching the world squander what Christendom built, but you want to do your part. And chances are you've heard me mention a great means by doing just that. Email made by and for Catholics. Check out fide.email. That's F-I-D-E-I dot email. Built for Catholic individuals, families, organizations, and groups. They're private, secure, and of course, they're Catholic. And they're offering two months off on your first year for an annual subscription if you enter the coupon code return to tradition without spaces that's the name of this channel without spaces at checkout you may have noticed a flurry of responses to cardinal burke's recent statement that is being published in a book on the dangers of the synod on synodality these statements are being published all over social media right now now in his statement he referred to the synod as pandora's box and warned that schism could be the result of the synod in response, he has been the target of accusations, of angry social media diatribes, and of course, people calling into question his Catholicity. Those are the over-the-top responses barely worth mentioning, except for one purpose, to compare them to a more measured and, I think, far more insidious response, like the one I'm focusing on here. Cardinal Supich of Chicago penned an essay for his dio diocesan newspaper responding to Cardinal Burke's statement, without ever mentioning Burke by name. In fact, a lot of typical Catholics will not even know who he's talking about. His aim was to convince you that synodality is, of course, a good thing, and he invoked one of the most famous rejections of the Fatima message ever to do so. That rejection of the Fatima message never mentioned Fatima by name either, but instead dismissed those with misgivings about the change in the church that was going on at that time as being generally untrustworthy. Let's dive directly into Cardinal Supich's words against Burke here. Headline from ChicagoCatholic.com Synodality, a new word for an ancient reality. One of the hallmarks of the modernists is their claim that when they're doing something new and innovative, they are themselves the true traditionalists because some new thing they're doing in the church was allegedly done by the ancient church. They've used this excuse for justifying communion in the hand by claiming that the first Christians did that, though that claim has long since been debunked. We also hear that claim made when they advocate for the ordaining of women to the sacramental diaconate by claiming there were deaconesses in the ancient church. That's another claim that has been debunked. Yes, deaconesses existed. No, they were not ordained. They were basically assistants to the bishop to do tasks that the bishop couldn't do himself without causing scandal. Now, the modernists make that claim with synodality. They claim the church in the West lost its synodal character, through hyperclericalism, rigidity, and other bad things that emerged mostly after the Council of Trent. And only through their ill-defined concept of synodality can our ancient traditions be rediscovered. It's, of course, nonsense and nonsense on stilts, to borrow the only good thing that Jeremy Bentham ever did, but that's what we're dealing with in the synodal church of the New Advent. Lie upon lie to justify changing the faith. Cardinal Supich engages in that typical kind of modernist nonsense in this piece here, when he engages in his usual cheerleading for whatever it is that Paca Papa Francis is doing. So from the article, quote, Pope Francis has insisted that for the church to be true to itself, we must act in a more synodal way. This is in keeping with the vision of renewal promoted in the teachings of the Second Vatican Council, which stressed the common dignity and mission of all the baptized for understanding the mystery and mission of the church. All Catholics as members of the Church not only journey and gather together, but also have the responsibility to actively share in the mission of proclaiming the gospel. In 2017, the International Theological Commission, ITC, produced a very helpful document, 
synodality in the life and ministry of the church to help guide our discussion as the church prepares for the upcoming synod on synodality. The text notes that synodality has its roots in an ancient and venerable term, synod, which is rooted in divine revelation, composed of a preposition sin, meaning with, and the noun oros, path, the documents note synod indicates a path along which the people of God walk together. Equally, it refers to the Lord Jesus, who presents himself as the way, the truth, and the life, and to the fact that Christians, his followers, were originally called followers of the way. See Acts chapter 2, chapter 19, and chapters 22, 24. The fathers of the church consider the word synod a synonym for the church, as we see in the writings of St. John Chrysostom, who observes that church is the name for walking together synodia. End quote. And you know what? That all sounds very orthodox, doesn't it? Citations to scripture, references to the fathers, all makes it sound perfectly Catholic. And there's an implication here. Synodality is Jesus himself. Which is a little like when some fringe Protestants claim that the Bible is, in fact, God himself. But here, for our purposes, understand that if synodality can be understood as Jesus himself, then if you're opposed to synodality, you're, supposed, you're opposed to Christ. See how that works? If it's an oversimplification of what Supich is doing, remember, he's dressing up his explanation and defense of synodality in Catholic-sounding language, in a move to undermine the way the church is governed at the present to make way for a new way of being church. What he is doing is by definition obfuscation, and it's to be rejected. But let's continue with what Cardinal Supich is saying here. Quote, Yet despite all this very helpful theological background, we unfortunately have witnessed recent statements by some taking issue with the Holy Father's decision to call a synod on synodality. Among the mistaken assertions, which are stoking fears, is that the gathering in Rome this October will radically alter church teaching and practice, align both with secular ideas and result in schism. History has shown that the use of fear tactics by those who resist any kind of renewal that involves change is not new. We would do well to recall the speech Gaudete Mater Ecclesia, Mother Church Rejoices, given by St. Pope John XXIII at the start of Vatican II. In the face of dire predictions that the council would ruin the church, the saintly pope rejected the thoughts of, quote, prophets of doom who are always forecasting disaster in the world and in the future of the church. But more important, these modern-day prophets of doom totally mischaracterize the aim of the synod on synodality. The main question for the upcoming synod is, how are we to remain faithful to Christ's own plan for the church? This is a question St. Pope John Paul II insisted the church must continually raise. End quote. It's worth noting here that it's widely believed that John XXIII was making fun of anyone who took the Fatima message seriously with his Prophets of Doom speech, including Sister Lucia who herself, who had been warning pretty consistently until she was mysteriously silenced in the 1950s that disaster was looming for the church and for all of humankind. Here, Cardinal Supich is going after Cardinal Burke, as well as Archbishop Vigano, Bishop Schneider, and any other of the good bishops you care to name, who have all recently put out statements warning people that the Synod of Synodality itself represents a threat to the unity of the Church and to the integrity of the faith. There has been a united effort against those who seek to defend the faith, including against Cardinal Burke and 
Bishop Strickland, because they oppose the radical innovations and changes to the faith represented by the Synod on Synodality. Comparing them to the prophets of doom that John XXIII was mocking is actually a badge of honor in this case, because those prophets of doom turned out to be right. Go figure. But back to Cardinal Supich's piece here. Quote, In his, meaning Francis's, apostolic letter, Novo Millennio Iniente, at the beginning of the new millennium, he wrote that the governing structures of the church need to be examined constantly in order to ensure that they follow their genuinely evangelical inspiration. While acknowledging that much has been done in this regard since Vatican II, especially with respect to reforming the Roman Curia, the functioning of synods and episcopal conferences, there is still work to do, quote, in order to realize all the potential of these instruments of communion, which are especially appropriate today in view of the need to respond promptly and effectively to the issues which the church must face in these rapidly changing times. In other words, what Pope Francis is doing in calling for a synod on synodality is in keeping with the vision of his predecessors and the Second Vatican Council. So, synodality, while the word may seem new, actually speaks to an ancient reality. A careful reading of the document from the ITC cited above makes clear that, quote, synodality is the specific modus vivendi et operandi, way of living and working, of the church, the people of God, which re reveals and gives substance to her being as communion when all her members journey together, gather in assembly, and take an active part in her evangelizing mission. The aim of the upcoming synod is in keeping with the vision of Pope St. John Paul II, as expressed by the ITC, namely that, quote, making a synodal church a reality is an indispensable precondition for a new missionary energy that will involve the entire people of God. That surely is nothing ever to be feared. End quote. How does a church focused on listening and dialogue but not calling people to conversion help with the missionary spirit precisely? I've never been able to figure that out. The point of missionary work is to bring souls to Christ. That is the only point of such work, to call people to conversion. There is no other purpose. But note something here. Supich is admitting that the church is undergoing a fundamental restructuring. He cited Francis's apostolic letter where he said that the governing structures of the church need to be re-examined in order to ensure they follow their evangelical inspiration. What is Francis's constant gripe about traditional Catholics? Essentially, that we're inflexible, high and mighty people who do not bring people to Christ, that we think we know it all while ignoring our own sinfulness. That's what he does. That is what he says constantly. And yes, there certainly is an element of truth to that. Hypocrisy runs rampant in our circles, but that does not mean the traditions of the faith and the liturgy that can be traced back to apostolic times needs to be tossed out. That form of the Mass, those inflexible moral teachings that called people to conversion, those rigid doctors of the Church, those rigid saints, all fostered conversions among sinful peoples who did not know our Lord either in fact or at least in practice. And they didn't know the salvation he offered. They didn't foster that conversion of heart by accompanying people in their sin. No, they accomplished that conversion of heart by teaching them of the love of Christ and the nature of good and evil, including the evil that operated in their own lives, that resided in their own hearts, about how disordered their inclinations were. That's how it worked. Whole continents of people were converted by hearing the truth, 
not by dialoguing with them in a pointless listening exercise or by indulging in their sinful vices. This has been part of a pushback against Cardinal Burke's recent statement that went viral online last week. And since that time, pictures have circulated social media of what are supposed to be the book he wrote an introduction to, where he calls the Synod a Pandora's box that could lead to schism, tossed unceremoniously in the trash can. This priest here is one who posted the picture. Of course, that's not the book in the trash can if you look at the picture carefully. The priest actually went to the trouble of printing a picture of the cover off on cardstock just so he could take a picture of it in a trash can and post it on social media, in a shameless example of virtue signaling. Others have claimed that copies of the book are being sent to Catholic university libraries, where the librarians then are throwing them in the trash. If you go to a Catholic university, ask your librarian about that claim. See what they say and send me an email if they admit to it. The Bregolian establishment does not want people to read the book. Instead, they just want you to submit to the new synodal church. And I'm curious, though, will you submit to the new synodal religion, one that's where it's all listening and not calling people to conversion? Or will you resist and continue to point out the evil nature of sin, even when churchmen refuse to say anything concrete for fear of offending people? Let me know in the comments, please. And uh, hit like and subscribe if you haven't, it does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.